Farmers in France have been pretty upset, and it's all regarding low wages and the EU with their unfair regulations. As we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now, their neighboring countries, too, have been protesting as well. We've covered that extensively. But now this is what's going on in France. Right there, they're dumping dirt. They're creating all these barricades right now because they're upset, like I said, regarding their low wages. Unfortunately, though, they did do a straw barricade, which resulted in uh, the the passing of one woman. Sadly, this is what one of this one of them looked like. Uh, apparently, some driver drove right through it and did run over three people. And sadly, a female has lost her life in all of this. But ultimately, uh, French farmers are saying they're not backing down. They're going to continue protesting because they're upset, like I said, with the EU, with Macron, and with their low wages, and rightfully so. They're taking their tractor trailers, their their tractors, all of these things down into the streets creating these blockades and they're not going to give up. They're saying that they're going to continue going on and that they have plans to even expand these blockades. I want to bring in somebody who we often talk to about these protests that are going on regarding our farmers all around the world. Let's bring in JD Rucker. He is the co-founder of flyovermeat.com. JD, thank you for jumping on with us today. Uh, We are again talking about these farmers that are upset with the EU, with all these regulations, and now they're creating barriers and they're creating these roadblocks. Do you think that something's going to give here? Do you think the EU is going to be like, okay, well, all right, we'll we'll roll back our regulations, or do you think this will just have to carry on for another couple of weeks? No, at this stage, it's coming down to placation. They're just going to do whatever they can to placate the farmers. The farmers are trying to to stand strong. Keep in mind, they're they're saying, no, 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 we don't just want your words. Wow, that was a terrible French accent. Pretend like I'm doing a French accent. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 we don't want your words. We want actual actions and and stuff like this. And it's it's the best way to put it is, I mean, they're 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 fighting against climate change cult, and that's something that we're going to have to fight here in the United States. And we need to remember today. We need to remember what they're doing because, by golly, if the French are willing to protest this much, we should be willing to do that as well. I mean, I don't think the French have been this upset. Well, the last time they were this upset, they made it like a musical about him, and it was uh, it was actually really good. Andrew Lloyd Webber did a great job with with Les Mis, but uh, but no, this is uh, this is not going to end the way that everybody thinks it is. They're not going to back down because the climate cult, which is driving all of EU's policies, the climate cult is going to win. It's just a matter of are they going to be able to pretend like they're making changes enough for the farmers to say, okay, okay, fine. And it will come down to taxes and it will come down to to uh, promises for the guys that are making the decisions. But at the end of the day, nothing's going to change as far as the regulations are concerned. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious, too, with the World Economic Forum going on last week that they weren't going to back down from any of this. And and the regulations are getting out of control. They're unrealistic. You know, we had Michael Yon, combat reporter Michael Yon on, and he's warning of global famines because of all of these regulations. And so ultimately, you have to just kind of figure this might be intentional. Uh, do you think that do you think global famine is something that is likely within the next couple of years? Global famine is technically, if you really want to break it down, and it's already happening. It's not necessarily like a, a famine that's based around, you know, inclement weather conditions or or natural disasters. This is the type of famine that is really geared around regulations. It is worldwide, and it's already in, in, in place. The challenge with food, and this is something that your audience needs to understand, the challenge with food is that oftentimes we don't actually see the effects of today until months from now, even next year could be when we start seeing the real effects, when we start seeing 
uh, shortages, major shortages at the grocery store. I'm not saying it's going to be next year because the famine, this, this famine style change has been going on for a couple of years now. So it's very likely that here in 2024, we are going to start to see some of the repercussions. But here's the thing. There's going to come a tipping point, Brianna. There's going to come a tipping point where people start looking around and then they start saying, huh, this really is looking kind of bad at the grocery store. Maybe I need to start getting a little bit extra. And then other people start noticing because the food's going going faster than it was the week before and the week before that. So they start thinking, oh, well, I better go, go, go grab me some extra. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing the panic. Same panic that hit us in 2020 when we were having the, the infamous – uh, toilet paper shortages, and we were stuck waiting in line to get into the grocery store so we could get our maximum one one four-pack of toilet paper, that same thing is going to uh, eventually happen with food. And when it does, well, people need to be ready. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I mean, my friends are talking about purchasing spare freezers and fridges just to keep extra food mm -hmm. in their home because everyone's deeply concerned about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't blame them. I mean, everyone's got to jump on board and come up with a plan. And, you know, the company that you found co-founded is a great option for people. Like I've told our audience before, I'm somebody who lives in kind of a city area. I live in an apartment and so storage is limited over here. So you have a great line of products over at flyovermeat.com. You have all of these great beef products. They are incredible. I'm going to let you describe them in just a moment. But and you're also giving our audience an exclusive. So first, you talk to us about the products that you guys are currently selling on flyovermeat.com and why it's so important mm -hmm. to stock up now. Absolutely. So this is uh, obviously it's, it's survival meat. This is uh, freeze-dried, shelf-stable. So you don't have to refrigerate. It's shelf-stable, uh, freeze-dried, cooked. It's already in Mylar bags with oxygen absorbers, as you can see on the screen. That makes it to where you can. it has a shelf life of up to 25 years, maybe maybe longer, some will say. But it's not just you know, your standard beef crumbles or, or chunks of meat. This is uh, cubes of ribeye. It's cubes of New York strip. It's cubes of tenderloin, sirloin. It's the good stuff. This is the stuff that you actually would want to eat if whether there's a crisis or not. Now, unfortunately, um, there are a lot of prepper meat products out there that uh, let's just say that they don't, they don't want the ribeye or the New York strip or anything else because because they want to try to sell it as as cheap as possible. And then, of course, people are going to be stuck in the apocalypse, hating the food that they're eating, whereas whereas those that go to fly over meat are going to love the food that they eat. As far as the quality of the meat itself, we have made certain uh, certain promises because this is a dynamic situation. The world is changing. We know that they are going to be pushing for mRNA jabs, and we've made a vow that before we ever sell a single, a single steak, a single cow, a single bag of beef, uh, uh, we will not. We will shut down the company before any of it co goes out with mRNA jabs. Same with with lab-grown meat. We will not never sell lab-grown meat. Our cows come from a pasture. We'll also, as an all-American company that's veteran-owned, we're never going to sell foreign meat. So a lot of companies, and you'd be shocked how many companies are sh are switching right now to importing their beef, importing their cows because it's cheaper. We won't ever do yeah. that. We, we're based out of Texas, and so this, these are Texas cows. We, we, we source it straight from the rancher all the way to your table. So all pasture-raised, good stuff. Did yeah, well, you all? know what's so interesting? Yeah, I think you did. I think you did. I was uh, watching a documentary, and it was actually interesting to me because – 
they were talking about, farmers were talking about how you could label something and say that it's a product of the United States, mm -hmm. but ultimately it's just butchered right. here. And so that's concerning mm -hmm. because again, you don't know what was going on in the country that this, this animal came from and you don't know what was injected into it. We know that our pork products now, that's why I steer clear of any pork these days, sadly, because they could be using, and it's very likely that they're using mRNA vaccines on these pigs. And so, yeah, we have to steer clear of all of that. So that's why it's such a great product that you guys have. I think it's interesting. Number one, your product lasts 25 years, potentially plus. Uh, and then also the ingredients. Tell our audience a little bit about the ingredients because they're about to be shocked. <laughs> yes, uh, we, we have an ingredient, singular. It is beef. Yeah. We don't even add salt. Yeah. We don't add any preservatives, of course. We, we don't add any flavoring. The reason there is because with freeze-dried beef, number one, we want to be open to, to everybody's diet. Anybody who can eat meat, we want them to be able to eat our beef. And that means there's some people that want need a low-sodium diet or anything like that. So we thought about adding, adding salt. We thought, you know what? People, they can add their own salt. The ideal use of this is to be able to put it in like a beef stew or chili or, or beef tacos or something like that. So it's already going to have flavoring. You just have to add it. We wanted to keep it as pure as possible. It's great that you brought up that point, though, about the the the, uh, the pigs, because for anybody in the, your audience who doesn't know, they did start injecting pigs in 2018. Nobody knew about it. Nobody knew yeah. about it until 2022. That's the first yeah. time we're really started making making national news that this was happening. Four years they were doing it, and nobody knew outside of the 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 swine industry. Uh, we know for sure that it's not being done to cows yet, but we're also keeping a very close close eye. We have incredible relationships with patriotic ranchers in Texas who they've, they keep us abreast of everything that's happening. And so we will know if and when they start to, to force farmers in Texas to, to inject their cows. We've already got a plan B in Utah and possibly in Idaho, so plan B and C just in case we have to the, to move operations and get get uninjected cows, but we'll do whatever it takes to do that. It's incredible the the the, the push to vaccinate these animals with mRNA vaccines. It's disturbing. I mean, we had your colleague on Jason Nelson on last week, and we actually mm -hmm. played a clip from Bill Gates, who was ultimately saying that uh, whether it's like chickens or they want to produce more eggs, it's, it will work out for the American people because ultimately uh, mm -hmm. it will create lower prices because we could produce more eggs was kind of like how he was insinuating it. And to me, that was scary. I mean, we've lived off these animals for hundreds of years. I don't want to manipulate their genetics. I don't see the purpose of that at all benefiting the American people. Uh, but I want to get back to what flyover meat is working on. You guys are actually going to start adding bison mm -hmm. to your website soon. We're so excited about it. It's not up yet, but it will be up shortly. So you're working on a special deal to make way for the bison exclusively mm -hmm. to our audience and for a limited time only. Guys, prices are going to go up on the website soon, but ultimately now you can lock in the low prices plus get 20% off and free shipping and it's all if you use the promo code Brianna, so B-R-E-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A. And again, I mean, it's a great deal. It's exclusive to us right now, 20% off, free shipping. You're locking in those low prices you see there on your screen right now. Uh, talk about portions a little bit. How long can a family of potentially maybe three or four people survive off of this? And how long should our audience kind of prepare themselves in case we do run into a situation where they need these products? You are loaded with the best questions today. I, Sorry, I am JD. very impressed. 
No, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. These are great questions. Thank I you. don't get, I do all these interviews. I don't get questions like these. This is important. Each bag I'm ready comes to with grill 12 you. full yeah. servings. These are, <laughs> no, no, it's good. 12 full servings and, and they are resealable bags. Now they, they have a 25 year shelf life, but once you open them, that cuts the 25 year shelf life. But here's the good news. You have, yeah. if you take it and you seal it back up, let's say power isn't cut, Lord willing, power's not cut at the time. If you you open it, you reseal it, you can put it in the refrigerator and it'll last like 60 days. I'm, not, I'm sorry, for six months. If you oh. don't have, let's say power's out, you don't have a refrigerator, you take the bag, you open it, you take out your portions, you reseal it, it's still going to last for, for a good 60 days. So you're in good shape there. So as far as how much should people buy? Now here's where, where it gets... A little bit tricky we do because this is just beef obviously you're going to have other unless you're doing the carnivore diet during the apocalypse you're going to have other other needs we recommend using this as a as a, a the the ultimate protein that you can add to just about anything it works with other freeze-dried foods it works with canned foods premium the most premium thing in our future in my humble opinion when it comes to food is going to be protein this is why they're going after cows this is why they're injecting pigs this is why there's there's this mysterious bird flu that, that just won't go away that's calling millions and millions and millions and millions of chickens they are going after protein so hard right now because if they can control the protein they will control the people that's what henry kissinger a variation of what he said he said uh he uh, who controls the food supply controls the people now that that uh now that they've, they have this this is going to be the easiest thing for them to control to push us towards bugs, to push us towards lab-grown meat, to push us towards protein alternatives. I, for one, and the whole reason that Jason and I started this company in the first place was because we said, look, we're not going to sacrifice. We're not going to sacrifice in, for crappy whatever they want to try to shove shove in our faces yeah. as far as protein alternatives, and we don't want to sacrifice quality. That's why we, we started this company in the first place. Yeah, it's incredible that we're even at this point, but... All you could do now at this point is prepare. And this is a great option. Again, you're giving this exclusive offer. You can lock in these low prices, plus get 20% off, which is exclusively to our audience, which is so exciting. And then you're getting free shipping on top of this. So you got to head over, flyovermeat.com, use promo code Brianna to lock in all those savings. It's incredible. That's B-R-E-A-N-N-A. JD, thank you for jumping on with us today and giving us our audience, our audience this type of insight because not many people will shoot straight with them like this, and you're one of the few we count on to do so. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on here, and God bless you, and God bless the show that you're doing. It's wonderful stuff. The only channel dedicated exclusively to world entertainment. I'm your host, Brianna Morello. My journey into conservative media is quite unique. I was raised in Huntington, New York with my six siblings. My mom stayed at home and raised us all while my father worked. After graduating school, I landed in the sports world. I was a freelance reporter and a producer for several outlets. I worked for companies like Major League Baseball, NHL, ESPN+, and many others. But it wasn't until a couple of years in the sports world I realized it just wasn't for me. So I made the jump into the news industry. My first gig was at Fox News and Fox Business. I was a teleprompter operator. And although they say it's an entry-level position, it was extremely high-pressure environment. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? After spending a year over at Fox, I decided New York wasn't for me. 
So I picked up all my belongings and drove all the way down to South Florida. I moved to West Palm Beach before anyone else did. And then during my time in West Palm Beach, I landed at a local news station down here. I was so tired of having to just copy and paste over scripts from platforms like the Associated Press and other platforms where you just don't put thought process into it and there's somebody else who's generating a script for your anchor. So then I ended up landing at Newsmax. I think Bloomberg has a really tough situation he's going through right now. After spending quite some time over at Newsmax, I did head back to Fox. I started working for Maria Bartiroma as a booking producer for her Fox Business Weekend show, as well as Wall Street Journal at large. After finding out that Fox wanted me to comply with the local New York City vaccine mandate, I resigned. But I am extremely grateful because I am now a firm believer in independent journalism and strongly believe that will save our country. And so I'm honored to be on this independent platform and bring you the stories you won't see anywhere else. Join me in my journey on The Brianna Morello Show here on Rumble. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.